everyone, this is the Easy Allies Podcast. I am Kyle Bossman, your moderator, and joining us this week, Daniel Bloodworth, Ben Moore, and as always, Brandon Jones. Cheers with water. Cheers with water, back-to-back weeks. (laughs) Look at these guys sip their waters. (laughs) Uh, It's good for your voice, right? Yeah, getting hydrated. Jones, did you ever, like, learn, like, if you need to be drinking these things to keep your voice good? Yeah, I never paid too much attention to it. Why not? I never, because I don't... That, that's for people who sing all the time. Like, I'm on stage Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I got three performances on Saturday. I got, you know, it's like, that's endurance. And I've never had to do... I've only lost my voice once in my life. I was in high school. What happened? Because, uh, it was scary. I was doing Barnum. And I was Barnum. And I um, didn't lose it completely. But, like, there was a point... There was, like... Three or four performances where I'd go out. Imagine, like, walking out on stage, and you're like, I'm about to sing a song, and, like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I hope I'm going to sing this. Jones, that's, like, every time I try to sing, is I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I think that's so imagine kind of, that, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, gentlemen, before we get started, we've got to do some corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Mm. Master Harold and the Boys is the name of the play I couldn't remember. Does that ring any bells? No. No, not, no. we're not a Master Harold and the Boys Appreciators Club. I am not... Brandon doesn't know that we don't know. Fine arts, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, John Scarlett Johansson is apparently pretty good in the Jungle Book. But you don't know. No, I don't know. But <laughs> that's I, not a correction. I just take the corrections. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird correction because like I haven't seen it, so I did. I didn't say based on my. I knew she was bad. You know what? I want to. So that would be a correction. I, to I someone almost wanted like. Film. I want to correct my final word though. I kind of like went off on Billy West for no reason. Yeah, and we. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, that it's, was really weird. It's, it's two different discussions. Are we talking yeah. about making a good movie, or we're we talking about? Running a good business. Yeah. About running good business, yeah. Cast all, you know, Vin yeah. Diesel for everybody. But, it, you know. If you're trying Vin to Diesel's make good, good, too. Vin Diesel's good. He's good for certain roles, you know. But, uh, actually, no, Vin Diesel's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, if I could make a movie with only Vin Diesel, yeah. like multiple Vin Diesels, back, back I will do that. Yeah, <laughs> please. Man, Vin Diesel's so cool. Is the Iron Giant? I can't, I can't. I can't have any hatred whatsoever for the He's Iron the, Giant. I legitimately didn't know he was the Iron Giant. He's the Iron Giant. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to apologize for my final word last week. Also, Trine 3 apparently is pretty sketchy. Oh, that's funny. It's another one where we're like, oh, no, it's probably good. Apparently pretty sketchy. Uh, unfinished, launch unfinished. And the developers even had to like make a video apology for the way that their game ends. Wow. Yeah. And I love the people watching this podcast that they pick that up. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, don't go off not, easy. I will not let Trine 3 go yeah. unpunished. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry we almost let Trine 3 under the radar. Uh, and correction music. That's it. Oh. Did you Not want bad. more Bloodworth? Did, huh? did you want more? No, I just, like, two of them weren't even full corrections. Ah, uh, they never are. <laughs> uh, so this week, kind of a slow news week. Here's what happened. I sat down to do the podcast, and I'm like, I don't, these are all, I don't want to talk about these. You know, so there's, like, some news where it's like, I don't really want to. Uh, ooh, we should have talked about Black Box. Well, whatever. Uh, so anyway, I looked at what was... Uh, Black Box. Yeah, that's um the new Romero uh, nah, Kickstarter that's, game. that's not what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's not that. We have time. We could look it up. I'm pretty sure it's called Black Box. <laughs> Black Room? Black Room. Black Room, yeah. I'm pretty okay, sure it's called Black Room. Um, so anyway, there's... You know, everybody, we can all Google Black Room and see what that Kickstarter looks like. I don't think they're going to hit their goal, which is a whole thing to talk... Anyway, I was looking at news this week, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. So these are kind of fun podcasts. What I'd like to do is look ahead at the games that are coming out in the near future and just talk about them. Talk about our expectations for these games. Uh, frankly, how we think they'll review, how we think what kind of impact they will leave. Um, and basically, what I picked for this week... Yeah, Black Room. Black Room. Um... Black box, that's all the same. Uh, so, 
it's in the future black rooms are a thing oh boy we could have just talked about this for ages uh Basically, you're in like VR rooms. You're whole... used to white, light-colored rooms, but yeah. then you find a black room. I don't know who knows. No, that's it. Um, so <laughs> names are tough. Yeah, I wanted to look at games that are coming out before E3. E3 is going to be hyped. Mm. All we do on this podcast is talk about E3. All we do is talk about Neo and NX, and we never talk about these things that are actually we're going to be able to play before E3 comes. Oh, there's a correction that didn't happen. What happened? Um. Hubert didn't realize he's that... on a totally different show right now, Ben. No, is that a different play? No, Hubert didn't seem to realize that Mirror's Edge is coming out before E3. Oh yeah, it's coming out before E3. Yeah, people are ta- streaming that game. He was talking about it being at E3 at the press conference. Blood caught a correction that I did not. <laughs> cool. So that's one of the games we'll talk about. Yeah. Jones? As the editor of this podcast, should I play corrections music just under his comment? If please, man, if if you have that ambition, please do. I, I may or may not have done that. <laughs> okay, so I'll, all I'll right. Make a decision later. <laughs> if there wasn't music, I decided no. So, uh, are we cool with that? We want to just talk about the games that are coming out before you three. I think Kyle, it's great. I, sorry. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Especially new podcast. You know. Yeah, let's do it. Sure. So uh, the nearest game is called Battleborn. It comes out on May third. This is a tough one for us. We frequently make fun of Battleborn, but let's introduce it to someone who's never heard of Battleborn before. You know, Kyle, what is Battleborn? I, I think I think these are the people to talk about Battleborn. Like, I think this is a good panel for us to talk about Battleborn. Oh, you mean because there's no Huber or Ian or yeah. Brad? Yeah, <laughs> sure. A good panel. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think we Battleborn has a chance. It right has a now. chance. I, I yeah. guess that's what I'm trying to say. Not that they don't have valid opinions. It's just yeah. so. What is it? What's Battleborn? Battleborn is a very colorful hero shooter, is what they they do like to call it. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, where you pick your favorite hero that you've probably seen lots of games doing this similar style. Um, but from the people who made Borderlands, it's it's you know like they're really ramping up the comedy, ramping up crazy personalities, uh, and it actually has an interesting story where the all the universe is dead. Every planet in the entire universe is all gone except for one planet. And kind of like all of the people that are pissed that their home planet got destroyed are now blowing fleeing, up something else, fleeing to this planet to stop. I don't remember the name of the, the the bad guy or his group of people who are trying to knock this planet out and then create, you know, have ultimate darkness in the universe. So oh. it's, yeah, so it's weird. It's 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 like it's a super serious plot and yet like you know really kind of hokey comedy, you know. And um, uh, it is a multiplayer uh, shooter, and but it is also has a single player campaign. You almost had um, me, Jones, with like this G Gundam concept. I guess Hunger Games might be more relevant, but it's just like you have this one planet, and then everybody's fighting for control over the one planet. All these species from different planets. That's fun. But instead, yeah. we have bad guys. Well, they're mostly trying to stop th- these bad guys from. There's you know, one planet left, and the bad guys want to destroy. It's kind of like we've already planet. lost the war, uh-huh. but this is like we can we can just give up and let them destroy the last planet, or we can make our stand here. And, okay. uh, and take them out. And so the reason why you have all these weirdos that are all together that are the Battleborn is because they represent all of these different planets yeah. that have had that were destroyed. But still, like they're the good guys, and the other the guys who want to destroy the last planet are the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about story for a game that's a hero shooter. So there is the campaign important? Do you think? Do you think to this? Uh, it definitely seems complex from what I've like the missions that I played were, were the bosses were fairly complex. There's lots of big ships and stuff flying around in the background. You know? I, I guess what I mean, and I'll phrase this to Bloodworth. Do you think this game needs a story mode? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it helps to kind of get people behind the characters a little bit more, but, and, and get a feel for the characters in a way. Uh, and they, and I think it helps in the terms of like, there are people that don't necessarily want to jump straight into a multiplayer game. 
you know, and and get them acclimated to trying out different characters because you can play the campaign like either single player or with your friends, and and so it kind of it kind of has that. But then you know you can jump into versus mode. Yeah, well. normally I would think it wouldn't be important, especially for a game like this. But I do basically off based off backlash of other games like Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. I feel like that campaign is so important now. I feel like it needs that campaign. Um, I mean, we'll get to this other game, Ben, but I feel like uh, there's another game that always comes up immediately Mm -hmm. uh, when people talk about Battleborn, uh, just as a point of comparison, uh, which doesn't have a campaign. So do you think that's like a differentiator they should focus on? Is that the appeal of this game or is the appeal of this game uh, the multiplayer? Where do you think this game is going to sell itself? Where where Uh, can this game succeed? So the thing is, is I think... Unlike that other game that you're referring to, uh, there there's a lot of MOBA in Battleborn in a yeah. way that there isn't in Overwatch. Like there, you you have characters that I think feel very very specific roles, like you do in an Overwatch or Team Fortress Two. But those char- like you have you have what are essentially creeps, right? You have waves yeah. of enemies that you kill to get experience and help you level up and help you. Like controlling territory is extremely important, um, and you. You level up and you pick between ability points and how you choose to build your character will depend on whether you're losing or winning or what kind of strategy you're going for. And so I think it is way more overtly inspired uh, by like a Dota or a League of Legends. And I think that in and of itself is like a huge differentiator because thinking about space and all of that stuff is, is a little bit more important than, than maybe something like an Overwatch, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, do we think this game will review well? I think this I'm g- nervous for this game. I, I think saying. this game will review all over the place. Yeah, I, 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 just I think do. I do too. I think there's gonna be there. I think there has to be a, a sizable crowd of people that are gonna come right out of the gate absolutely loving this game. Yeah, they already you think love so? It. I, they already love it. You know, like I, I, I think so. I think, I think, I think there's just some people. I think you know a developer like Gearbox. Whether you like what they do or you don't like what they do, they don't. They're they're consistent in the style that they've chosen. So there's some people who really like that style, and 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 Battleborn, for better or worse, you know, does play along with that comedy, with that style, with that you know, kind of that flamboyantness and uh, and all that stuff. And so if people that really like that, they're going to be into it. Um, I I just I, I think my main concern from what I've played is it's not very hard. Like the the single player offerings I did. Um, I, it was really easy for me, really easy for me to pick one or two people when I played PvP, and I was like, all right, I'm locked into this guy. I don't need to play the other characters. And when I played the single player stuff, I'm like, that was this wasn't tough. You know, like I died, but I just went back to the spawn point and ran back into the battle and fought the boss and won. So that's what casuals love, though. That's Borderlands. So yeah, so yeah, it's just where does that where does the campaign take us? How seriously does it take itself? How different are the boss fights? You know, that one spider boss I fought. Like, are they all going to kind of be like that, or was that one very unique? So. Yeah. You know what I think is a is a trend right now that I think Battleborn really has going for it. People love hybridizations. Like I, a, I think a big part of Borderlands' success was that people weren't really making shooters that were loot driven and RPG driven in that sort of way. And I yeah. think the Division is a very recent example of yeah. people wanting that sort of thing in their shooters. And I'm curious if there are people out there that don't really like sort of the isometric style of most MOBAs. And I know you could say Smite is not like that, but I don't think very that, that many people are familiar with something like Smite, whereas like you have the people making Borderlands, 
you could have sort of the pitch be, hey, this is a way to get into MOBAs that you might be into. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's going to be a strong selling point. Because I think it's super easy at this point to forget that Borderlands 2 is a huge success. Like, mega. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Atomic success. Yeah. yeah. And be- because I think of, like, the pre-sequel and because of the Handsome Jack collection, kind of, they've both fizzled. I think, like, we forget how well that game did. Blood, do you think this has a chance of scratching that kind of stratosphere, of, like, getting there? Um, I think it definitely scratches that kind of itch for people that are, are waiting for Borderlands 3. I think a lot of those fans are jumping in. Um, I, I, I'm I not so sure, though, that... Like, the thing is, is it's a character-driven game, and I'm not sure that there is enough to any of those characters for people to really attach to them as characters that strongly. Like, it, sure. was, it was sort of hard to do that anyways um, with the player characters in Borderlands. You know, it's like the characters that you tend to remember were more of the the other characters, like, you know, Claptrap and Handsome Jack, because they had all these speaking roles. Yeah. And and, and they brought more and more speaking into the player characters, but, it, it you know, they had, they had a little bit, and then they built up from there. And with this, is like, boom, here's a whole bunch of guys, and I don't know who I identify with. It's like, do I go with the bigger military guy or the smaller military guy or the mushroom guy or the, the penguin. penguin? You got to go with the penguin. Yeah, <laughs> so it's 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 a little... I, th- I think it's a little bit harder to, to kind of make that connection other than, you know, kind of that universal, you know, sort of raunchy humor that they've got going on. Yeah, I think, I think it's poised to be more successful than Evolve at this moment. I'll buy that. Yeah, I buy that too. Sure. I think like you could compare them easily of like pre-release to like, you know, this is a new IP. This is hard. It's like this generation. I think it at least doesn't have that sense that people sort of got with Evolve where like, yeah, Evolve, people started getting this feeling like the rug was being pulled out from under them. Oh, yeah. You're right. At this point, a week before Evolve came out, we were talking about DLC nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something, curiously, that when I played the Battleborn beta, something I wasn't expecting to be an issue was it, it was a huge issue, and I'm curious, mm. Brandon, if you agree with this. Like, I was playing a multiplayer match, and on PS4, at least, which is the platform I was playing it on, it was just, visually, it was kind of a mess. Like, there was a lot of color, but between the, the like, the way that the UI was laid out, like, because when you level up, a giant thing comes on your screen. The helix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's and just... left or right, yeah. And when we got into, like, big skirmishes, I don't know if I just wasn't used to it yet. Maybe with more play, this will sort of ease itself out, but there would just be a lot of explosions and particles and just creatures running back and forth that it was sort of hard to parse, and it, I just thought maybe it could have presented itself a little bit more cleanly. It's hard to tell if you're doing anything. Yeah. It's hard to tell. You know, you're like throwing your your purple thing at the boss, and it's going. You know, the damage is going down. But you're like, was that me? Did I hit it? I can't tell. You know, and and that's the thing is like. Oh, that's so important. That well, I, but that's the question. I don't know. You know, I, I don't play I, enough I, of yeah. those of those types of shooters but to really thing, know. I, I feel that the, if that's a deal breaker, like a Borderlands raid boss, like it, it was full of that kind of thing. It's like I'm chipping off such a small amount of health. That I'm not sure that I'm actually hitting it. Sure. And and I and I can definitely see that being a problem I, in Battleborn. I played the same part of this of, of one mission of Battleborn several times and didn't when it was done, I was like, I didn't feel any advantage having any character. 
Like, I didn't finish that. And they're like, we're going to do that again. And I was like, oh, I want to try that guy. I was like, well, let's just try that guy. I think, like, the only thing that I'm like, oh, that's actual strategy was one guy could cloak. And so if one of your teammates goes down and it's like, oh, they're going to be dead in 10 seconds, try to revive them, I can cloak. And so the enemies can't see me, so I can go over and help to revive him. That was the only time that I was like, even, no, thank that's... goodness this player has this skill because now I'm going to use it. And Whereas that's before like, it's like, that's paper thin I'm ranged, strategy you're chance. melee, let's, you know, yeah. let's do our thing. I get but it's, that. I mean, it, it, it's tricky because it's like, if we're, you know, to, to make one final comparison between these two games, you, you look at, at Blizzard, you know, really cutting their teeth on competitive gaming of these guys like they know what they're doing you know starcraft and you know pvp and warcraft and and uh they've made so many games and they've they've gotten so good at what uh propels people to enjoy competitive gaming and you look at a company like gearbox and like they make their fans happy by coming up with really crazy characters and crazy scenarios and not necessarily something you would believe would happen you know, you wouldn't believe maybe someone like Handsome Jack would rise to power, but like, you know, like, hey, I, like I, he makes great villains, so I want to take him down. And it, it just seems like them taking the, the work that they put into Border, the Borderlands series and then making this very competitive, you, you had to pick your favorites and, and find out what they're best at. Shooter may not be, they might not strike, you know, they might not knock it out of the park for first, first try out the gate. I think none of us are assuming they're going to knock it out of the park. I think we're just assuming that, like, uh, where would it be? Where would it land? And I think none of us are really betting on, like, it's going to be huge. You I know? just don't see myself getting angry at Battleborn. You know what like, the thing I, is? Like, whenever I played right. it, I was just like, okay, that's well, that thing blew up. Uh, I also would have never guessed the division would be huge. And the yeah, division no, was, was crazy. Yeah, I was surprised, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's where... So there's that there's there's that still where just like there are people who have big wallets who still want to buy video games and they're motivated like it's a, like my cousin is the test my cousin who uh, you know just occasionally texts me about games and instead like is the division good it's like why the division why is that the one you text me about Kyle he texted me last weekend like so I have to buy a Neo now and it's like how did you who taught who told you this <laughs> it makes me feel extremely. <laughs> It makes me feel extremely out of touch with, like, the games people are getting the most excited about. Because I, I've played a lot of The Division. I've played, like, 20, 25 hours of The Division, which is not a crazy amount by any means. But I, I think it's a good game. I just have no interest in it. Yeah. Like, I have no desire to keep playing it. And that was the thing for a month. And it makes me feel like I just am not in tune with the main core of, of what people want. Like, it's just, it, like, it's not even exciting to me. Like I couldn't, I don't understand how people can get excited for that game when it just, the, the loop of going out, doing a very similar type of mission, getting loot. Like it must just be the cooperative aspect. You gotta love New York a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love New York. Uh, a fun thing about easy allies. We you know we just put this podcast out. We get our 20,000 views. We've done our job. That's it. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're we funded by us. Patreon now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, huge game coming out the next week. Uncharted 4 on May 10th. What is Uncharted 4? I've never heard of this before. What is that? <laughs> I, I know I kind of like Sony had an exclusive with Uncharted. I never really gave it a shot. Is Uncharted 4 going to be good? Do I have to play the other Uncharted games to like this? Um... It's like what I said, where like, you know, like Gearbox does this thing, and so they're doing something similar. And mm -hmm. like Blizzard does this thing, and so now they're striking out and like doing this thing. It's like, it's like your grandma makes the best apple pie you've ever had in your entire life, and she's going to make you another apple pie. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, Grandma, I had one Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night, and God, those were really good pies. She's like, Well, Kyle, um, I'll but make I think you smell that. 
I'm making you another one. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a real, I, I, I think there's a real curiosity to be about, about four though, because like we've seen some significant chunks of it, but I don't feel like they've really just opened it up wide. And, and I think that what we have seen hints at, you know, some sort of, you know, lessons learned from the last of us in terms of telling something that's a little bit more emotionally impactful and so I, I think that, you know, they're trying to graduate this character a little bit more and still kind of keep that, like, fun, loving Indiana Jones kind of romp, but tell something that has a little bit more meat on it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, so I think, I think there's a, a lot there to see, like, okay, what will they do with this platform? Because we've never seen them do a game on this platform other than the HD remaster or whatever of Last of Us. But it's worth stating that was Naughty Dog. Yeah. They did their own HD remaster. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, what, what will they pull from this story? And, and considering that it's going to trap it up, it, you know, like, yeah, it, it's just, there's a lot there that I think that, you know, has potential in in multiple avenues and and then not even talking about you know which kind of was the problem with the last of us as well is nobody really been talking about the multiplayer you know it's like the multiplayer probably could be pretty darn good you know i think i it's a really frustrating position that naughty dog is in because i'll admit i admittedly did not play a single match of last of us multiplayer but Huber always said amazing things about it, and other people that played it always said that they really liked it. And I played Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 multiplayer, and I really, really liked it. They made, I think, above-average multiplayer components, but when you make some of the best single-player third-person shooters, like, if you're the best in one category and above-average in another, I think that other category just gets largely ignored right. yeah and i think you're right that's a really weird thing in video games you know what i mean i i don't know how you fix that because i think for me buying that package this isn't true for everybody like if i just get an amazing story i'll be full like i don't it's nice that the mm -hmm. multiplayer is there i'm not mad at it but it's not something that i'm actively seeking i absolutely get that yeah yeah well to me in a way it's almost like buying two separate games because the tone is so entirely different you know oh sure especially yeah. uncharted multiplayer yeah. <laughs> like you can't finish the la like maybe there maybe you're out there i don't want to say you're not out there but you can't finish the last of us have that ending and then go all right time to hop into multiplayer it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't work yeah yeah i hear that and I, I i yeah i think basically it's it's a pressure of being like this console exclusive game you know what i mean mm -hmm. sony wants that multiplayer in that game so bad probably worse than naughty dog does uh, yeah, that is a really interesting thing is, is talking about the multiplayer. I bet we won't talk about it much at the end of the year when we're doing game of the years. I bet we won't talk about the multiplayer, but maybe oh, we'll the know. multiplayer. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, I don't know on that. Well, the other thing too, again, and, and this may be just more because of the, the timing of everything happening, you know, like I haven't like really sought out a lot of information on Uncharted 4 because I just, it's one of those games where like, well, yeah, of course I'll play that. Media blackout, baby. And so I'm like, do they... Are they bringing back all the co-op and stuff like that that the past games had? Do any of you guys uh, even know? Uh, do you mean the co-op that... I mean, 2 had cool co-op. Yeah, they had those co-op missions Yeah. when they um, announced multiplayer. And then they kind of reduced it in 3. I think the 3 had it like a little less than that. I don't think so, or Blood. I don't think they were doing that this year. So, but, you know, that's, that's interesting, though, because that sort of says a little bit about where they're focused in terms of telling that story, that they don't want to muddy it up 
with whatever the co-op missions could be. Yeah. Well, they were weird, the co-op missions. Yeah. They were, they were, they were super weird. They didn't like feel like a story so much, but they still had like Sully being like, help guy, me up. A lot of the big guys with the shields and stuff, yeah. Oh, I hate them. Yeah, man, there's like points of Uncharted games where I'm like, I'm actually sick of fighting you. <laughs> this, and it's guys with shields. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, no, you have to fight these guys this one way. You can't hurt them with bullets. It's like, all right, fine. Um, Jones, one of our first episodes of the old podcast we used to do together, um, we were talking about drama with Uncharted 4. We're talking about Amy Hennig leaving after working on the game, I think for almost a year. Uh, they reset it. She left, another actor left with her, went on to go work on Star Wars with her. Uh, uh, Straley and, uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, two producers of Uncharted. Anyway, they left The Last of Us and they're like, fine, we'll do Uncharted 4. Um, and so uh, basically, what I want to ask you is, do you think that that will ever come up again? Do you think we'll still feel that? That's kind of what we asked at the time. We we're mm. like, when Uncharted 4 comes out, do you think we'll be like, what could have been? Do you think we'll play this and like wonder like what went wrong? Do you think we'll do that? Or do you think that's all been washed away at this point? I think it's pretty much washed away. Because how, how do you tell? Like, what do you point a finger at? Druckmann. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. It would, like, well, what, do you, what, what can you tell? Like, ah, oh, that, that scene. That's so tough. I mean, there's, there's so many people involved creatively that like i i would have to i'd have to see something that amy hennig did by herself oh apparently they like reset it they just tossed all of that out right but I, yeah. i'd have to see something that she had done without anyone's assistance so i could tell ah that is her art mm-hmm. you know like that's that's what she does creatively you know like i can tell her little you know it's like i can i can uh um uh i Poltergeist was directed by Toby Hooper and produced by Steven Spielberg. I can carve out the Spielberg and Hooper sections of that film. You can clearly tell. It's like, and now, Spielberg. And you're like, oh, there's a Spielberg scene. Sure. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do that with Uncharted 4. I just don't know the individual members of the team that well mm-hmm. to be able to tell like what you know if something went, went wrong or right. But at the same time, I think it also it was so early in development and we're so far past that point. They're like, I don't know if it if something necessarily went wrong. You know, like I don't know. Like you're Emmy Hennig. They asked you to be on Star Wars. What do you do? You know, oh, it's I like, leave. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. it's like you're JJ Abrams and you're like lining up to just make one more Star Trek movie, and you're like, nope, Star Wars, bye. And you're like, you just they just handed you the Star Trek franchise, and you're like, not good enough. Sorry, Star Wars. It's like, whoa. Like, did something go wrong with Star Trek? Like, no, he just got a better job. You know, he's had his opportunity. He's like, I can't pass this up. You know, like this isn't a licensed Star Wars. I get to make my own Star Wars characters and world and story and all, you know, people can be anticipating this game for years. I'm at the point in my career right now. I'm ready for this. Yeah. You know, I know we're not supposed to talk about E3, but man, I can't wait to see that game. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if it's not shown at E3. Yeah. I would yeah. not be surprised if we go do if, another. Wait, no, it's going to be shown at E3. I, I, I hope, but I would not, I would not be surprised if E3 is over. Like, oh, that would good. Wait a minute. They didn't announce it again. Yeah. Because I want it so bad. Because mm-hmm. it's it, it be just a giant fat question mark floating around in space. Like, who who is it based on? When does it take place? What is it control? Is it strategy? Is it a third person shooter? I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's an, it's an action game. I'm assuming there's lots of pew pew. I don't know. You know, so yeah. force power. It's crazy. Yeah. It is, there's so much unknown about it. I'm so excited. Um, but back to Uncharted 4. Here's the thing. I think it's harder for games... I know Metacritic is such a lame thing to talk about, but reviews have actually been trending lower than the last generation. <laughs> Sorry, this is a sore subject for me. Ooh. Yeah, Ben, I want to get into it, dude. Uh, there were some Dark Souls 3 reviews that I read that I just was like, what? I Like, what? 
I it was it was a moment where I couldn't believe and questioned if they had played the same game that I did. And you kind of saw it actually. If you if you go back and you look at specific things before release, it's like the media sometimes creates headlines for the sake of it where they're like, "Oh man, this is the third Souls game in 3 years including Bloodborne." Is is this one going to be on the downward trend? And it it just sort of creates this thing out of nothing. And then it gets bought into, and then you see that reflected in the reviews. You see that language going into it. And it's it's so frustrating because there were some reviews, there's some not even don't even worry about the scores. Just some of the language that I'm used where I'm like, okay, this game, whether you think it's as good as Bloodborne or Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls, it doesn't matter. I don't know how you could play this and fairly evaluate it and not think it is a pretty awesome game. Like what you get for as long as you get it and how it goes out of its way to present things to you, I just, I do not understand. I'm baffled. And I totally welcome varied opinions. I'm not saying everybody has to love the things that I love. It's just, when I get the sense that you're going in with a predetermined opinion, that's where I think things are questionable. And I'm worried that that's going to happen with Uncharted 4. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah, I think I think people are like, oh, well, you know, they're doing this again. It's not as cool as the last... Like, it's, there are so many different things that you could enter into Uncharted 4 with, and that's that's not okay. You know, I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. Jones, do you have that same concern? Uh, what, do I have that concern about Uncharted 4? I mean, I, yeah. I I don't have a personal stake in how Uncharted 4 re- reviews. You don't? Uh, not so much, no. Like, if it gets a bad Metacritic score, you're not going to be mad about it? I'm not going to be mad about that. What's no. wrong with you? Uh, I, I just I don't have a lot of experience with the Uncharted series. Um, oh, so you would get mad about other Metacritic scores? Maybe, yeah. If I if I felt they were, you know, okay. it, I, well, it's like you said, it's not so much the scores; it's the language. It's I'm being facetious. Yeah, language. I'm being facetious, Joe. Because because it's not only it's not only you know somebody saying something something bad about something. It's like wow, that's the fifth time I've seen almost that exact same sentence. Yeah, you know, like pop up. That's exactly it. And um, is that sentence about fatigue? I do. I'm, I'm curious what these reviewers wrote about Dark Souls Three. It, Was it like serious fatigue makes this not as good? Yeah, it's it's like. The, it's not, it's, it, it is serious fatigue. I, I guess I'm trying to think of a better way to say that, but I think that's really all there is to say. They're like, you know, this is still Dark Souls. And you think about that question and you're like, wait, what? Because I don't, like, yeah, when you're getting something that has a number attached to it that is higher than one, right? <laughs> there are going to be similarities. And... I don't think those similarities are inherently bad. If you're making a sequel to a third-person shooter, it's okay that it's a third-person shooter. It's okay that this fantasy game has swords and spears and dragons in it. It's just how are those things used, I think, is the more important part. And what frustrates me is when it seems like people are upset that this thing exists at all, not actually what is it doing with those things. So. I think I think it's a preconceived notion. I think yeah. that's like the major yeah. thing. Where yeah. It's like usually, you know, like when I when when there's stuff when there's like a story, you know, when you kind of have to open a, a review with being like, okay, here's where we're at. Let, let me just wrap up really quickly all the crazy things that's happened. Duke Nukem, here we go. You know, sure. it's like you kind of have to set the scene a little bit. You do for Duke Nukem, review. but then yeah, once you're done with that first paragraph, it's like all bets are off now because I got it. I got the whole game right here. So let's just try to forget all that and let's get into it. Mm-hmm. And then if like, wow, I played the game and all oh, that's in line with this problematic development that this poor game had then like yeah you can get back to the point at the end but when you really feel somebody opens it with a preconceived notion and then you keep seeing like that opinion pop up it's like wow you really went into this with that concern you really had that chip on your shoulder and you couldn't shake it um 
so yeah, that that's the stuff that I look for. That regardless of whether I have a personal stake in the into the game or whether I feel like, oh no, I can I disagree with that person because I, you know, have my own opinion I've built up about the game. You know, if you're if you're monotone about your opinions or if it's clear like even before the thing started, you know, you you had an idea of how it was gonna be. Uh what's up, Blood? Um well no, I, I when he was saying that, the one thing I, that I do actually appreciate about the Uncharted series so far is that the story kind of doesn't stop between games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not like, you know, this idea of like, Oh, I have to wrap up things and catch you up. Like, I don't think that that will be a thing in uncharted Four. Like, I think you're going to get that. This is a guy who's been on a lot of adventures and he kind of needs to settle down, you know, or he's going to break his back or just, he's just not going to make that last stupid cliff grab, you know? <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I I think that that's something that they've they've done a pretty good job with. It just like just wherever you jump in, like that's that story, you know. And, and you don't have that. to catch up on all of this back backstory. That's and such a uniquely stuff. nice thing about that blood. I really like that. It's like Indiana Jones. If you're gonna lift something from Indiana Jones, that's a good thing to take. It's like yeah, there's, you're just witnessing one part of this person's many adventures. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I want to talk about one more game before podcast halftime. Next up is Doom on May thirteenth. Oh boy, just a doozy. Doom. Is that a doozy, Ben? I think so. What makes Doom a doozy? A Doom is a doozy because I don't envy. <laughs> a Doom is a doozy Doom because. Doom is a doozy because. Doom is a doozy because. I don't envy. I don't envy anyone, let alone id Software, trying to think to themselves like they haven't made a Doom game since Doom Three. That was like twelve years ago. That that was almost I think exactly twelve years ago. What is Doom today? I don't know how you tackle that. Because you, I don't think you can just make a simple sort of... I don't think you can just make something like Doom 1 or Doom 2 or even Doom 3 and go that route. Well, but I don't even, think you can completely modernize it. I think there has to be some sort of lineage there. And so it falls into this weird space, right, that I, that I totally don't envy. Like, I would never envy Blizzard making something like world of warcraft 2 because i doom doom set the standard right doom is in that position where it wasn't just another shooter it wasn't just an evolution of shooters it was sort of this watershed moment and like doom 3 to me is a fantastic game it is very very different than doom 1 and 2 mm. it is it is a horror game it is not primarily a a like twitch action based everything is in your face at all times shooter um, there are a lot of quiet moments in Doom 3, and people hated it. Like, if you go back to that initial Doom 3 reaction, it was a lot like The Wind Waker, where this is not what I'm familiar with, this is not what I expected. And so I think that audience is extremely hard to please, and rightfully so, because it means so much to so many. You know what's funny? I think Doom 3 is probably the first videos I ever watched of watching someone reacting to playing the game. Yeah. Hmm. I think I that might those. be like the first reacts video was people just screaming at Doom 3. I, I remember very specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Doom, this is weird for me because our group, we nominated this, our most anticipated game of E3 coming into E3 last year. You remember that? Yeah. This group said like, we have high hopes for Doom. Uh, coming out of E3, we did, here are our top 10 games of E3. Didn't rank. 
Well, I just I hope and anticipation is a different thing. Okay, what's the difference, Jones? If I see two cars about to crash, yeah. I am anticipating that car crash. I'm not hoping they crash. I don't want them to crash, but it, well, I, I can't take my eyes off no. this. I gotta see what's gonna about to happen. We're not doing the if top Doom, two games we think if, are probably gonna be at E3. That's not the list not, is about. I am anticipating what the hell is gonna happen with Doom at this show. Just like you said, Doom is one of the most popular names ever to exist in video games. Yep. They got to bring it. I'm anticipating this. So go, Doom, that's, Doom, go. That's my question. Do you think they didn't bring it? Do you think they didn't really bring the game to E3 last year? Do you think they brought it when it's going to come out in two weeks? Yeah, I... It's like Ben It's like Ben said. It's like, what more are you going to do with Doom? You know, I think I think Doom is popular. And I think this might be... This, this isn't a popular opinion, probably. Again, because I'm, you know... I, I do not have an extensive experience with the PC. I have played Doom 1 and Doom 2 and Doom 3. Doom 3 several times. Uh, but... So you're a Doom fan. I think Doom is extremely popular, and that's about it. I think Doom is back because it's popular, and not because... God, we, we need more Doom, you know? I look at the shooter landscape right now, and like, where's Doom? You know, it's like... I just don't think Doom can bring a lot. Like... Yeah. Like, like from what I played with Doom, the main thing was that it's way faster. Is that it's just like, oh, I remember this Unreal Tournament tribes, boing, 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 you know, just like jumping platforms and just running real fast and just like, oh, there's a gun, I got it, shoot, oh, more ammo, get it. you know, just like just barreling through a shooter as opposed to the cover or you know, slowly having conversations with people or you know, what I did with Doom 3, what I really liked, Doom 3 was one of the first games that had diaries that I could like pick up an audio diary and then play it and then and you walk like around the environment listening to a person talking, you know, it's like before Dead Space, before, you know, like before a lot of games that did before Bioshock. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's not, there's so many other franchises where I think about like how would they a- adapt today with Doom? It's like, I just, I don't know. You, it would completely have to reinvent itself. Uh, it seems like every avenue there would be a problem with doing it that way. Blood, where do you stand with Doom? I've heard you speak up about this. Yeah, you know, I, I'm very curious just to see like how the final thing will work out. But it, it, you know, I do kind of echo, you know, what Ben was saying is like it's 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 a weird thing because you know, yeah, people, you know, I I have, I have even though I don't know exactly where Doom is at, I have heard the rumblings of being too much like Call of Duty or whatever, you know, and it's and it's hard because it's, you know, when you look at, you know, the game design of, you know, run here, open hidden door, grab key, you know, shoot through demons and, you know, t- pentagrams all over the place, you know, but it, it does feel like, okay, well, how do you, how do you like really make that exciting now, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that's a hard thing. And especially, especially talking about with, you know, a, a twin stick um, controller rather than a mouse and keyboard where you're just like, bam, 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 bam. And stuff's flying at you from every direction. Um, is that, do you think that's weird? This is a doom game where they have to consider consoles as they make it. Yeah. I, I mean, probably I, first. I played doom 64 and I, and I enjoyed it a lot. Doom 64 is awesome. I played doom on super NES. I enjoyed it a lot, but it's, it's still, it's, you know there is a different speed mm-hmm. you know to to playing a, you know a twitch based shooter you know with a mouse and keyboard and and yeah they've they've got to consider that and it's it's going to make it a little a little tricky i think it's going to be tricky that game's in a tricky spot you know it was i think in my personal timeline what will go down as one of the most genius resurrections ever I think I don't. I honestly don't think sometimes they get enough credit for how brilliant it was. Mortal Kombat Nine, yes, like, dude. I, I understand that Doom is a very different genre and has very different goals. But what's so amazing about Mortal Kombat Nine is, on the surface, it is pandering hard. Here's Scorpion. Here's Sub Zero. Here's exactly how they want you 
you want them to look. They're, they're, we're retelling the story, like, from a nostalgia perspective, from a, oh, that's what I remember, they're touching on all of those notes. Mm -hmm. But the trick with Mortal Kombat 9 is they are actually presenting it in a totally different way. That story mode, those x-ray moves, the challenge towers, like, I, I mean, I know, I know some of those things have been present before, but, uh, like, they're... There is a new, there are new innards, kind of, in that thing. And I think, I think that's how you do it. And my, my experience with the, the Doom beta and sort of the Doom footage that I've seen is you can be like, oh, that's a Kakodemon, or oh, that's the shotgun. But when you're using these things, they don't really feel new, or they don't really feel like revelatory in the way that you want them to. Like when right. I played Mortal Kombat 9, it was just like, whoa, this is the same but in a, a totally different approach. Like, they, they rethought that system um, in a familiar way, and I think that's almost impossible to do, but I think, I think that's what Doom is trying to do, and I'm worried that it's not hitting those marks. Yeah, it's like, how do you make, like, the BFG awesome again, basically? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, what, or what do you bring to the table that is as awesome as the BFG was, rather than just recycling it? Oh, man. I'm I'm sure there is some I'm sure they've thought about that. I'm sure they had that meeting. Right. And I'm sure we're not gonna be happy with what they came <laughs> up with. Oh, do you hear that? That sounds sounds like podcast halftime. Ladies and gentlemen, Easy Allies Podcast Halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of April. Michael Kazachenko, Devin Gibbs, Scorn. An atmospheric horror adventure developed by Ebb Software. Set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. Go to scorn-game.com for more information. Yoyotricks.com, a tutorial website for teaching people how to yo-yo. To buy yo-yos and learn how to get started, visit yoyotricks.com or their YouTube channel. YXBA, a really informative channel for a serious take on all things Nintendo. Visit youtube.com slash YXBA and subscribe. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, John. Crushing it. I want to, <clears throat> man. I want to give five hundred dollars just for you to like read some promo for me. Got the sponsors. You know which one? <laughs> I feel like you give Scorn some like real spiciness. I'm too. for Scorn. I, I love what you do with Scorn in I'm particular. Pumped. Yeah, you um, can sell anything. I mean that as a compliment. Thanks, Ben. Mm -hmm. uh, we should move on our list. Here's one. I'm questioning when Jones says, uh, you know, there's a difference between hope and anticipation. I'm curious where this one lands on anticipation. Homefront the Revolution on May 17th. Hmm. Wow, that's coming. Yeah, hmm. do we anticipate this game? I have a little bit of hope. I anticipate yeah. that it might get delayed. Yeah, I like it when we do that. I like I when we do so. potential delays. No, they're they're in the final it's, phases. It's just going to get squeezed it's out there. It's certainly been in development for a long time. I mean... I, I've just seen Twitch ads. They're like, it is coming out on this date on these versions. Oh, and yeah. I, th I think once you hit that point, like yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're, that's, you're, that's you're coming out. Um, but I don't... Man, is there buzz? That's what I'm asking. Is there buzz? This panel does not... Ben is shaking his head emphatically. Jones is giving me a blank stare. I do not at this point believe there is buzz for this game. Uh, I, I will say two things I like about this game. Sure. Uh, one, motorcycles and a first-person shooter. Mm, and, like, yeah. I, I liked it. Wait, are you saying no? I, well, you'd think about that. You know, it's like a motor, riding a motorcycle and a first-person shooter is probably a little... Awesome. 
I mean, theoretically, the concept sounds good, but yeah. the actual follow-through of the control, and especially if you're in a city, like a post-apocalyptic city, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And I watched a demo before I played it, and the guy's like, I'll just drive up on this 2x4 on this plank and go right into this apartment. I'm like, yeah, I'm going right off the side of that building. Did and you? It, no, it was great. It oh, controlled okay, cool. actually really well. I was like, oh, okay, that, that was better than I thought. Um, and I like that the the... the uh, the the area that I went through felt like a war zone. Like there were there were like it was rare in a first person game that I would walk by a totally random patrol that was not. I mean, you know me in first person shooter games. This is why I like Far Cry Four. Uh, where like like a whole patrol of things would go by, and I would realize they're gonna annihilate me if they know I'm here. So I'm just gonna stay here and watch this huge APC and these like eight soldiers go by, and then now I'm gonna go to my objective. But if I want, I could chuck a Molotov at them. I could you know, so. How that world comes alive, I'm curious to see. So, I, yeah, th- that would fall into the the hope because I, I do love me an open-world shooter if they can pull it off. We have more hope than anticipation for but this. If, but if it's just every time I get to the top of a building, if it's just more smoke and debris and, you know, destruction and apocalypse, then, like, I'll probably get tired of that after a while. Yeah, Blood, does this game have a chance to really differentiate, to put itself out there to say we're a different game? Um, Yeah, I think thematically it has its issues, right? Because a lot of people will see, you know, like... You know, like they'll write it off like immediately just because of the scenario. Just feels a little out there. And, and the scenario is Korea. Korea has has invaded and taken over America. Sure, North Korea specifically. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think what Jones is saying, like mechanically and the way the world is built and stuff like that, it actually it does feel like it could be an interesting place to explore and to experiment and you know, to, yeah. Throw the throw the Molotov at those guys and distract them, and then get around on the motorcycle and, you know, take the the back back way to get where you're going, um, you know, and just playing around with stuff like that. It you know it, it could be one of these games that even though I'm not feeling any buzz for it right now, in a few weeks when it's out and people start streaming it and they start discovering little things that you know, that it 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 does kind of grow from where it initially launches. Uh, what's the game called? Deadlight, where uh, the zombies and dying light. Dying light. Yeah, it could be like a dying light scenario. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I that. think. I think it's yeah. somewhere on that level. Yeah, hmm. I could see that. Uh, ben, does anything of this game stand out as unique to you when you look at it? No, no, and I, I feel like I've watched stuff on it, and I just there, in a lot of the the trailers that I've seen, they're really hammering home the sort of Korea occupying North America theme, which mm-hmm. was heavily present in the first home front and so i'm not sure like if that's the thing to hammer home with this game don't like, do it yeah yeah like I hear like you. I, I i like that was that was sort of your hook initially but now with the second game i, I think you need to give me a little bit more mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know that's weird to me i remember the public reaction to the trailer which i thought actually was a pretty good trailer and then people were laughing at it at the E3 trailer, mm-hmm. where the kid is doing the presentation. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And people are like, you idiot. It's not cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, people aren't into it. They're not into that scenario. They think it's stupid. And it kind of is stupid that North Korea has taken over the United States, occupying the entire country. Uh, and I get that. I think it, I, I think it's sort of a sign of the times, right? Because it's like that kind of thing that's in such a real world position and is such a more or less propaganda in a way it's it's hard to sell to an international audience you're like what are you talking about what are you talking about you know like really like painting korea like is that villainous and in and all of this and you know and it's like yeah like north korea definitely is doing 
you know some horrible things but it's like this, they're not gonna they're not gonna do this yeah i think they're honestly, not gonna get the funding for this i think it's like the international audience is the reason it's not china do you know what i mean i right. think like they want it to be china uh, but you know, they're just like, we shouldn't make China mad. Nobody likes North Korea. Let's just do North Korea. <laughs> I think is honestly what it is. Uh, they're villains all over the place. I want to talk about a game on the opposite spectrum of anticipation. Overwatch May 24th, finally coming out. I say finally because there, the beta has been so extended, but it's not like we've known about Overwatch for too long. I think it was announced two years ago. Is that true? Was that two BlizzCons yeah. ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2000. 2000- 14. Yes, 2014. Cool. And so now it's coming. Now the next Blizzard game is coming. That's a big deal, I think. There's this weird New thing. New Blizzard with, franchise. New yeah. Blizzard franchise. In 17 years. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's this weird thing with Overwatch, though. And I, I think, you know, obviously we've, we've gone on record espousing the virtues of Overwatch a lot. But I think something that could really hurt this game in a weird way is, honestly to me, Overwatch feels like it's been out for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, with previous Blizzard games like Diablo 3 or StarCraft 2 or World of Warcraft or whatever, or even like Warcraft expansions, like people were waiting with bated breath for them to come out. Like it was an, it was an event. And mm-hmm. I feel like we had that really extended closed beta, which admittedly a lot of people didn't get to participate in, which I totally understand. But then we're having an open beta and then the game is coming out. Like, there have just been so many, from reveal, there have been so many phases from this game. I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to be popular. I think it's going to review extremely well. But it doesn't feel like an event in the same way. And sure. maybe that's not a concern. Maybe mm. the climate has changed and that's not a big deal. But, like, people have streamed, for example, hundreds and hundreds of hours of this thing already. Yeah. You know? There are no secrets in that game right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing... And I'm curious to get your guys' opinions on this. Um, that initial reveal trailer, right? Oh, it yeah. did a great job of setting up that world. Yeah. Like, they were they were telling a story with that trailer, and they've been doing these animations, which I think are pretty cool, but we're getting chunks of this world in tiny little bits. And so far, none of that is in the game itself. And sometimes I just want to scream at Blizzard and just be like, just give me... Like, I know you just want to tell a story. Just give me a story. I'm and there, Ben. I'm so there with you. Yeah. Like, I'd be so pumped if they had a campaign in that game. I think it would help that game so much. And I think that is something, now that we've seen so much of the competitive aspect, that would really draw people in and make it an event again. And it's just it's just not there. It's like, okay, this week Microsoft gets this short that has these characters. And the, other, the next week Sony gets this short that has these characters. Is that how they've been distributing them? Yeah. That's so weird. Well... Sort of. It's really... The timeline on those things is really weird. But yeah, they have been splitting them up. And I just don't think it's a great way to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I I don't... I have, like, some semblance what's going on, the driving force behind Overwatch, but I feel like I don't have a full picture and I, I really just want more. Sorry. That was a long rant. But That was a great rant. I get, I get the vibe... I don't know. I get the vibe that releasing uh, Overwatch without a story focus without a campaign was kind of the challenge you know like i think i always get the vibe that they got some of their best people that you know might have been talking about doing something like this for years you know and like got them in a room and tied one hand behind their back and they were like we don't have a campaign we never will ever period make it and they're like oh okay well we have this cool backstory how do we get that out and like make the trailer better make you know get the lore out there in front of people add costumes that are actually relevant to the story 
but we never know. We I want every waking hour of development to make sure this is balanced, to make sure there's no glitches, to make sure it runs and it's perfect. Yeah. That's why we're making this game. We're not we oh my god, we have Hearthstone, which is based on lore from another franchise we're already doing. Like we're fine <laughs> with like characters and you know, like voice actors and all of that. So, continuing these stories through all of our franchises. We have a story here, but let's 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 absolutely make gameplay first and foremost. I mean, one thing I love about Overwatch is that it came from Titan. It came from Blizzard working on their next MMO. Right. Ben, what's wrong? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. What, I, did I say something wrong? I know, I know. Like you are not like the the biggest fan of Blizzard games, and I totally understand that. And like, Overwatch isn't. You're not like super pumped about it. But something that I think you would legitimately find interesting, and it's truly wonderful. Uh huh. Like I want to someday make content like this because I think it is so good. Gamespot did a essentially a documentary on the making of overwatch oh, and sure. they went to blizzard and they got more up close and personal than i was ever expecting they straight up said like they talked about how overwatch was made from the bones of titan yeah and it is just so well presented there's so much emotion in it like i was in tears by the end of it because of how they viewed titan as a total failure Right. Oh, sorry. This is going way off tangent. Just go. This go is not watch, off tangent. Go go watch that documentary because it's when I, so I was I was at BlizzCon 2014 and I think something that's this is a really good framing of reference for Overwatch and regardless of whether you like it or not whether you think it's a good game or not I think it is the best thing like even more so than Hearthstone even more so than Here's the Storm I think it's the best thing that Blizzard has done in a long time. Chris Metzen. Right, the creative director of Overwatch and a, a huge part of Warcraft and Jeff Kaplan, one of the, the lead designers on the initial World of Warcraft, when they revealed Overwatch, the look on Chris Metzen's face is he said they didn't want to be known as the Warcraft company anymore. They didn't want to be known as the MMO company. And like What was the look on his face? It was it was he looked like he'd been staying up all night for a week. Like it was just this relief. Uh-huh. Like 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 chains were he was unshackled and it was inspiring to see where this company said, you know what? No, we don't have to do this. We can go in this crazy direction with a totally new style, totally new characters, totally new world and make something new. Like Titan was world of Warcraft two. They were trying to replicate that moment in time. And I think rejecting that and ultimately making something that was running in the complete opposite direction for a company as big as that for as many eyes are as on them is is fascinating and i think the thing that's frustrating about it, and to tie this all around is that trailer mm. the trailer that they did for overwatch with the kids and everything and telling us about that story that was a super not blizzard trailer to me yeah like if you think about all of the the trailers for every other game they've done it's like here's a big battle and it's really epic and it's really intense and they do that super well but this was more intimate this was more personal and that trailer to me showed showed me that maybe they have it in them and I think that's why I want them to chase that direction so much. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Blood, before we move on, I need, I need you to say one thing about Overwatch. Um, <laughs> so do you think, do you think we'll, this, we'll bring up this game, this multiplayer-only game, uh, not us in particular, do you think it'll come up a lot in Game of the Year discussions at the end of the year? I, th- I think it will. Um, I, think it's, I think it's weird right now because you know as, as ben was saying like there was the the event was that reveal right like they were just that knock it out of the park reveal yeah play and, this now you got everybody yeah, can play, you play this it, right now play this yeah, now and it's like it. it's easy to forget it's like 
Oh, that was actually a long time ago. Yeah. You know, and, and especially with, you know, the the extensive uh, betas and stuff and, you know, and, and, you know, there's what, there's still the, the open beta coming yeah, as well, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think you know, so it, it's strange because I almost don't know what to look forward to in the release. Because it's like, okay, I'm going to get to try it out in the open beta. And then, mm-hmm. and I know that they're like continually making this better. But then like even after release, they're going to continually make this better. Um, so yeah, it, it's just, it's, it is a really like interesting thing to see. Like, okay, now like this is, this is the moment. This is when it really starts. Um, but at the same time, by the time we get to the end of the year, we're going to have different game. We're maybe going to have more characters, more maps. And we'll all definitely that have more stuff, characters. You know, and yeah. it's. Um, and then it'll be curious just to, to see where it's at, you know, and, you know, and, and the kind of longevity, longevity, longevity the game has. Uh, next game. I, oh shoot. We, I love that we're talking about games so much. You know, I thought I was really scared we'd breeze by these and I would have to just do love and respect after that. We're crushing it right now. Uh, the next game, I don't think we'll have much to say about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan. Looks it, good. Does does it? So what? Uh, what is this game? Or why am I talking about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on this podcast right now? Uh, it's Platinum. Uh, it's another one of these deals with Activision where they've got a licensed property. Right. So uh, Korra and Transformers before now. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know I don't think it's gonna be amazing, um, but it looks good. It's got the style that you know seems to really fit. Um, it's got multiplayer. You know I think online pl- four player online co op. That's so cool. Everybody yeah. gets to be a turtle. <laughs> ben, ben laughs at that. I think it's, I think it's like kind of no, like those perfect summer games. It was like, yeah. yeah, let's just grab this and play with your friends. Yeah. Because, uh, what, the dumb movie is coming out soon, uh, the sequel. Right. Yeah, I guess I didn't even I, realize I, I, that. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who grab the game who never even care about the movie. Yeah, and vice versa. Um, uh, that is crazy, actually. So I, I do... I love the trust that activision has in platinum their relationship is crazy because when it's like hey these transformers movies are doing very well and they come to platinum and platinum says no we want to do one based off that old cartoon show activision says okay Mm -hmm. and platinum says no we want the turtles to look like this not like that movie activision says okay uh so do you think that's actually I, i don't know if we have a lot of like huge western publisher uh, working so with like such a strong uh, Japanese studio, I don't know if we have other, other examples of that. You know, what's interesting is it's a it's a reminder of a long gone era. Like you you go back to the Super Nintendo and the Genesis days, this happened all the time. Yeah, you know, you had Capcom making Disney games; they were the best Disney games. You know, mm-hmm. you had them making uh, like other like games based on cartoons and. It's it's weird because I think you're right. Since that beloved era that like very quickly went away, we haven't had a lot of examples like that. So, yeah, Jones, are you are you cool with this, or do you wish this stuff went away? Do you wish that Activision Platinum stopped working together, or do you, or do you like it? <laughs> oh no, I love it. I'm willing to take a stab on on all of these franchises, even Korra and Transformers, which were you know fun, but weren't necessarily like the dream game that we wanted to get. I'd much rather have that Korra game than nothing. You sure. Know, that like I that's. It's like, oh, I can switch between the different elements and jump around. Great. You know, it's like at the end of the day, it wasn't, you know, kind of got repetitive and the environments, you know, weren't that, you know, diverse. But um, uh, I, I like how over the top this Turtles is. Like, th- there seems to be so much more attitude and so much more of a clear kind of crazy direction in this than Korra. Korra was just like, show, game. 
And Transformers mm-hmm. was like, characters, now they're in this world. Where this, like, it, it, it seems familiar, but I've also kind of never seen the Turtles like this before. I've never seen them animated like this. Uh, I think one of my favorite shots is I think it's like Bebop comes like flying out of a subway car. And you see all four turtles, and I think Leo's in front, and Leo's just like, <gasps> like, you get this look on his face, like, oh no, I'm not prepared for this. And it's like, how used to we are we seeing, like, oh, we're the turtles, we're cocky, or just like, oh, we don't have a problem with this, look how badass we are. And I like seeing yeah. them getting knocked around. You know, I like to see these kind of bizarre, like, I think that it, it ends with, um, I, get them, I get them mixed up. Who's Bebop or Rocksteady, the, the, the pig? Uh, Rocksteady's the rhino, Bebop is the warthog. Bebop's the warthog. I like yeah. the end, he's like, Wee! And he like revs up the, the chainsaw. It's just like it's so much personality coming out of that trailer. So I think that's very smart. You know, it's like if if you're done with that Turtles game and you look back and you're like, wow, I think it was only four and a half hours. And just like, well, that was wasn't really that difficult. But like, man, that was weird. That was just weird and fun. And like I, I would much rather see, you know, a developer like Platinum do that with a game where they're like, we only have so much time to make this game. You know, we're, we, we're, we, it's a licensed thing, so we're, we're being pulled in all sorts of different directions. Let's just make it fun. Let's just make it really weird and goofy and yeah, man. not worry about getting it quote-unquote right. If you're ever, like, mad at Activision, like, I like to point at things like these. Like, hey, at least this. At least that. You know, right. at least they're, like, doing that. I think that's so cool that th- those two weird bedfellows are, are together. I love that. Uh, we're moving on to June. Can I tell a great Damiani story real quick? Oh, please do. I love how the Comic-Con going to play the Korra game. Uh-huh. I mean, for now, whenever just someone says Korra, I'm always going to think of Damiani. Me too. And I like, finally get there, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, Maybe, what do I get in? Is the door here? And I'm like, okay. So I like, open up the door, and like, there's Damiani. And I'm like, oh, I'm finally here at the point. He's like, I already played it three times. I'm out. And he like leaves. <laughs> it's, like, it's like five minutes before the appointment we're supposed to be there. He got there early, got inside, played the demo three times. And by the time I finally get in the door, he's over it. He's off. <laughs> he's gone. So wait, hold on. You and Damiani had the same appointment. You yeah. had the same scheduled time to well, be there I at Comic-Con. I had the appointment, and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to be at, at Cora, where he's like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to go over there around the same time, too. I was like, okay. <laughs> it was just, I mean, just literally, like, passing in the night, just right yeah. at the door, just like, on to the next thing later. Yeah. Damiani. Yeah. He's probably schooled it, too. <laughs> Please continue with your podcast. No, I love that. <laughs> uh... Oh, this one's actually just announced this week. Mirror's Edge is not a May game anymore. It's a June game now. So on June 7th, we will finally play Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I always worry about those games that come right right under the wire for E3. That's right under the wire. Well, you get a week after this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Still, you know, it's like that's a week of buzz getting stolen from pre-announcements and such. Yeah, I guess some pr- announcements coming around that week. But uh, basically, this the reason they said this delay was made because of the beta. They said, hey, we're taking feedback from the beta, and we're going to implement that in two weeks. That's pretty crazy to me, number one. Yeah. Jones, you just grimaced. Yeah. Is that a red flag to you? Um, no, just I, how do you do that? I don't know. That's that, that seems like an impossible thing to do. We didn't know we had these problems, but now we know. And now we know we can fix them in two weeks. Like. That's incredible. I, that doesn't seem like that would be possible. But. Well, that's just patches. You know, we got patches. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, so I mean it at least says, that, like, hey, the beta is actually a beta, not just a marketing gimmick. Yeah, know? me too. I'm a little encouraged by this delay. Yeah. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, really, like, hopefully DICE can can knock it out this time around. Like, I, I love the first game. But, you know, you, you, you sort of see that, like, this is they're on thin ice with this like what do you mean if this mirror's edge doesn't do well it's going to be hard for them to get away from anything that's not a surefire success sure yeah you know, you know what like, i'm this surprised is, this is their game. baby yeah. for for sure to to make to make this work mm-hmm. so uh and i and, and again it's it's kind of i i feel like uh you know since we didn't get as much time to prep 
today. <laughs> it's like it's like I, I wonder what's going on with with all of these games, because um, I haven't you know I haven't checked out I haven't checked out the beta either. I, you know I, I'm curious to see what the latest is with Mirror's Edge because that's that's a game I'm I'm gonna be there kind of day one and and want to be in on. Uh, why? Uh, why are you there day one for Mirror's Edge? Because I don't think you've said that for any of the games we've talked about yet today. Um, Mirror's Edge to me, it's just there's just a very different feel to it. You know, it, you know the 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 movement and and the look of it, and um, you know, just kind of like this. You know, you're you're trying to learn your environment and read your environment, and in in a way, like the first game, I didn't feel like I understood what I was doing in that game until after I had beaten it and I started going into the time trials and I'm like, Oh, I can, I can do that. I can do that. in that amount of time, you know, and it just, you know, it, it's in a way it became like a racing game to me and, and just like shaving off and doing these crazy stunts. And, and the time trials took place like in like a VR realm, right? With like weird shapes and floating in the sky. Well, a lot of them just took place in the regular mission oh, okay. as well. Yeah. So, um, so wait, did you like it more as the racing game when you're shaving off seconds? Yeah, like the oh, okay. story. The story was kind of okay, mm-hmm. you know, not really leaving much of an impact. But it's yeah, it's like. But once you started seeing like the real freedom of movement and and figuring out, okay, if I do this, then I can get there, and and and, and it's sort of puzzling that out and really understanding your skill set with the environment. Uh, one thing I think is funny that we, like is easy to forget about Mirror's Edge. Uh, Shoot, I think it came out the same year as Dead Space. It was like, wow, look at EA. They're really putting out new IP. Um, the cutscenes were like flash animation, 2D flash animation. Yeah. It's like so easy to forget that. That'd be unacceptable today. We would make so much fun of them. And today, like, they're intensely, like, the facial animations are great. The voice acting is actually very good. Uh, ben, do you think EA might lose money on this game? I, mm, I think... Mirrors this Mirrors Edge Catalyst is one of those weird spaces where it, it it depends on the reviews for this one. Sure. Because I think Mirrors Edge was one of those games that didn't review exceptionally well and it didn't sell exceptionally well, but it kind of persisted over time. Yeah. People were talking about Mirrors Edge sort of long after its moment and it I really do think it it fits the perfect definition of a cult game. And so I think people are very aware of Mirror's Edge. And it also kind of came out at a time, I think, when that generation of consoles was really picking up steam. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's sort of embedded into the consciousness that way. And so I think there are going to be there are a ton of people out there that really want to give it a chance. But if they see a seven, if they see a six, they're going to be like, oh, I guess that didn't. I guess that didn't work out. So I think. You know, you're going to need the high scores to be like, oh, wow, you know, I've heard about this for a long time. And people are saying, these reviews are saying it's just as great as I've heard it is. And so uh, I, one of those rare cases where I think reviews are going to be exceptionally relevant. So, What do we think the difference for Mirror's Edge between that mediocre, that kind of six and sevens and high, high scores... What, like, what is a good version of Mirror's Edge? What does it need to nail for this to actually be received well? The, the combat, right? I think, I think the, combat, the combat and the story. Okay. Right? So if you... The world of Mirror's Edge always seemed really fascinating. The idea of, of these runners 
always really seemed fascinating, but you were talking about sort of that flash animation. Yeah. I would actually even argue at the time, like I played Mirror's Edge when I came out and I was like, what, what are they, why are they choosing to tell the story yeah. this way? Yeah. Right. And so if it comes off as similarly, I don't know, underdeveloped, I think that's going to really bum people out. And using guns in that game didn't feel good. So if that is sort of the same situation, if they haven't figured out that problem, if they sort of echo the mistakes of the past, um, I think they've said no guns. Yeah, I think you're right. Sorry. I think I, they've said in this I one, we're right. not even doing guns. Right. Is that okay? It's okay. But, you know, if you if you have a game where you're, you're... It is way harder to make a game where you're just running on things and jumping than people think it is. Oh, right? yeah. Like, yeah. Like, in first-person perspective? Heck yeah. Yeah, there are only so many gaps you can make. There are only so many things you can climb up where uh, that's what you're hanging their hat on. So I think it's really going to come down to, you know... How are they utilizing these these familiar? Because doing parkour in a game isn't a big deal anymore, right? Like that's not something you can hang your hat on. Even even first person parkour, I would argue, is not that impressive. Like Dying Light did that, you know? Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess. What does it come down to? I. I played a demo at PAX. I had a certain amount of time to complete objectives. Uh-huh. And when I was done completing the objectives, I was like, oh, I got 30 seconds left to run around. Okay. I'm going to put my controller down. I was oh, like, jokes. I just don't want to go anywhere. You know, oh, like, I no. wasn't like, oh, what is that? What do you mean? What What's is- that thing over there? I want to go, I want to go see, see that over there? You, you love open world games. Well, I know, but I was up in, I love them world games because I'm like, I'm on the street. I'm yeah. talking to people. I, I can go into buildings. So you like, felt I'm unmotivated just, I'm on to scaffolding. There's no NPCs yeah. up here. Uh-huh. There's no, there's, there's no landmark. I mean, there's like a landmark over there, but like there's, you know, four blocks between me and that building. I clearly can't make that jump. You don't know how um, much you just bummed me out, Jones. Which is the world. That's, yeah. I mean, it was a demo. So it's just like they, they, they wanted to corner me because they didn't want me to just run out and then get right in the middle of something and then the demo stops. Okay. Yeah, I will um, say. It's just that world. You got to sell me on that world because it doesn't look like, believable. It's not a bad thing. You can create this kind of whitewashed you know, like sterile world and then, you know, kind of this THX 1138 and have like the, the, you know, the fighting against the administration. But the actual world itself, if I don't want to actively explore it, then I'm just going to go through the story and then walk away when I'm done. Sure. Yeah, I will say, yeah, the the talk of the language of open world actually makes me more nervous than hopeful for it. Um, Because... I think it does for a lot of people. Yeah, because it's, if you're talking about having to do this really tricky, complicated platforming to reach places is like, that's very satisfying in something that's a little bit more structured and and you go out of your way to find a secret area or something like that. It's a little bit more tedious if you have to do that to get back and forth across a big space. So, you know, and, and and so you, you have to design that well so that, yeah, it's like, okay, you do wrap your way back to a central hub or you do, you know, unlock some kind of zip line or, or something like that so that you're not like, okay, I, I kind of want to see what's over there, but it's going to be too much trouble. Sure. I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, our final game, Paragon, June also on June 7th. Really? Boy, yeah, is man. that coming fast. Isn't that wow. coming fast from announcements? You know, we talk about Overwatch, we talk about Battleborn, and then here's Paragon all of a sudden is wow. coming out. Releasing. Wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? Is that yeah. game ready for that? A lot of people are playing it right now. I'm, I'm kidding. Just a lot of people I know are, are they go to bed, and before they go to bed, you know, I'm going to play some more Paragon. I think, I think I've seen some Paragon on my friends list, so they're playing yeah. through the beta now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... This would we call this a hero shooter? This is a MOBA. This, this is straight up MOBA. Is, this is a MOBA. This is yeah. Epic's MOBA. Yeah. Uh, 
Epic Games making a game is already a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been working on Unreal, the new Unreal tournament for a long yeah. time. Well, they <laughs> yeah yeah they yeah, opened yeah. that door at the beginning. They didn't have anything when they opened that door, so that's going to be a while. Uh, also, um, God, uh, Zombies at Night game where you're building a fort. Oh, Fortnite. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. oh yeah. Fortnite. Fortnite, dude. Holy cow. Fortnite's great. So here's Paragon coming out before Fortnite, before uh, Unreal Tournaments. Why is Fortnite not out yet? Yeah, I wonder. It's just one more. I, I, I wonder if it's changed a lot since I played it. I, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it has. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it has. So uh, should we talk about that, I guess? why this, How this game could possibly be coming out this soon? Are MOBAs that easy to make? I, I, Which I would think the opposite. Looks like that, man. I mean, it's a, it's a really good looking game. The yeah. character model is really great. The animation's really cool. There's 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 some characters I've seen in gameplay videos where it's like, I don't think that guy's my style, but look at that backflip he did. That was so cool. You know, uh, it kind of blurs the line between like, am I watching a cinema or is this actually how the game's played? Oh, um, right. What? I feel like I've heard that since 1993. <laughs> Me, no, 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 Am I, am I no, watching a movie? No, what is no, this? No, no, no. <laughs> Me, not, not meaning like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Was that a move? Was that someone pushing the A button and jumping? Or was that them animating him jumping over that guy? Did they set up that sequence right there? Or was that taken from a session? Oh, like physics versus animation. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, But so fast. Less than a, a year? Less than a year? Man. Less than a year. Way less than a year. I feel like it was late last year where they finally said this game is called Paragon. But at the same time, if it's so focused, if they're they're like, yeah, story, kind of. But I mean, story just to set it up. Um, But I mean, this is really about the mechanics, you know, Mm because they haven't really been playing up the characters. We haven't been getting like, you know, granted, I have not, you know, I do not have my finger on the trailer pulse right now. But I don't don't remember super long extensive trailers for each character explaining like. Didn't didn't they start this with the characters? Well, the well, they character models. That yeah. was the problem. No, that's worth explaining. I mean. There were trailers that just showed off the character models. They didn't talk. Yeah, it was just twin gun. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the characters just stood there like statues, and that was how they were introduced to us. But yeah. I think they're. I I think that's a good point because I think they're really. They're like, okay, well, let's look at everybody. You got, uh, you know, Overwatch, no story, uh, but from a from a a developer that has a very strong multiplayer pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is a game that you're gonna play a lot before it eventually comes out. They're gonna test the hell but out you, of it. You, you know say it's no run story, smoothly. but I mean, there's not a story. No, 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 no story, not a story mode. mode. No campaign. Yeah, but there's a uh, very no campaign. Oh, yeah, a lot of depth to the story. Whereas oh, yeah, Paragon, story. is there any backstory to these characters aside from the? Oh, there's backstory. But Overwatch, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> Overwatch and Battleborn, neither of them look like Paragon. I mean, Paragon clearly, sure. you know, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say it looks better. I don't think Overwatch looks bad because that is the style choice, um, but. I think that's that's where they're that's where they're going. So I think once they got the engine down and once they once they liked the balance of the characters, yeah, I guess they were ready. You know, I yeah. guess they're like there's not there's not a lot more to the game than that. But if you just like playing MOBAs and you like playing MOBAs that look good and work well, that's what this is. You know. Yeah. So Ben, you brought that up earlier actually when you're we're talking about um, this is Smite. You know, as like a hey, here's a third person uh, MOBA. You know, yeah. maybe you don't like isometric. Here's this. Yeah. Do you think this has a chance of capturing a new audience who's scared of MOBAs? Honest, I mean, I, I, I'm probably saying too much with this statement, but I feel like that was the entire reason this game was made. Sure. No, that's not saying too much. And that is not an exciting proposition to me. It honestly isn't because like, let me tell you about my history with Smite. Okay. Very quickly. I think Smite is an awesome game. I, every time I play it, I have a great time. It is, it is taking the MOBA formula and applying it into a different perspective, into a slightly different style. Every time in the last, like, six months I've thought about playing Smite, 
I'm just like, nah. Because, like, I don't need the same thing shifted a little bit anymore. Like, it's just... For people out there that aren't familiar with the genre, for people that aren't me that have played a hundred of these games, like, maybe there's something there. But if all you're going to do is being like, yeah, it's it's exactly a MOBA, but you shoot things with the trigger. Like, that's... That's not enough. That's that like that to, to me. If somebody pitched that to me, I'm like, think harder. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, it's just not enough to me. It's not enough to to captivate me or make me excited. Where like, again, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as an apologist, but I remember the the when I was at BlizzCon and I sat down and I played Overwatch for the first time. The character I played was Tracer, and it was like, holy shit you go back in time like you, you the way that you move the way that you traverse this environment i've never played something that has felt like this before and i i feel like that's what you need if you're saying i'm going to make a moba i need to say holy cow i've never i've never played something like this before you need to have that moment where you're like i you are justifying your existence to me and i get that there are people playing paragon i'm sure it's Sure, it's fine, but it's just it's just not exciting. Like I can't find a reason to get excited about it. You know what's the hook here, really, other than it looking good, other what? than you pushing a trigger. Blood, do you know. see a hook to Paragon? I really, I really don't. I, I feel like it's, you know, it, I feel like it is. It's 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 targeting that very specific crowd, like that. It's trying to get a chunk of that esports crowd, and that's that's fine. I guess it just doesn't feel like anything that's super exciting or going to move the needle for me mm-hmm. um dude blood you made me realize something yeah. what anytime any anytime anytime a game developer comes out and says we made this specifically for esports like red flag that's like, a, this, that this is, is definitely a red flag oh my god like this is gonna be this could be disastrous the the only games not the only games but for the most part the best esports had never came out before their release, and we're like, "Yeah, we're doing this for esports." Mm-hmm. The game was good enough; it was sound enough that a community built up around it, and things went from there. Targeting esports specifically just makes it seem like you are just being super scummy and sleazy, and you're not like letting the community do that work for you. That was like uh, one thing I didn't talk about when we talked about Nasgoth's cancellation is that they had an esports contract that's just like they had to tear up now. Like a poor Nosgoth, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's like, well, part of me, Ben, thinks that that's the the safe thing to do. But you're right; it's always a red flag. It's always right. a red flag when they say we're focusing on esports. But at the same time, Epic's not approaching that and being like, "Well, let's make the greatest end all be all MOBA of all time." Like, they're not making a MOBA that they would go to every single MOBA lover and be like, "What MOBA do you like?" Well, I like this MOBA. Well, our game's like that. You know, like I don't get the sense that. Paragon is there to, you know, to, to, to beat, you know, every MOBA and do it better than everybody else does. It definitely yeah. feels like a very specific, feels like Epic, you know, it doesn't seem like, what are they doing? Like, it feels like something Epic would make. But I, I'm going to contest you on that because Unreal Tournament, when it came out, it was like, we're better than Quake. We're right. going to show you that you're better than Quake. <laughs> and to me, that's what made Epic an interesting company. Yeah. Like, Gears of War You've never seen a game that looks this good. Oh, yeah. We are redefining the, the 360 landed when I played Gears. I was like, here we are. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, Brandon. <laughs> that I, that, like, this seems super unepic to me because, 
there was a time where every Epic game, it seemed like they, whether they succeeded or they failed, they were trying to rewrite the rules. And to me, the message is, well, it's a MOBA, you know, like, I don't, no, like, come on, maybe excited. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but. No, that's fair. I What's... said I was going to say. Okay. Blood, you've, you've said your piece with Paragon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little outside of my, my wheelhouse to begin with. And, I No, honestly. It's, it's also, you know, I <laughs> to be honest, like, I find Battleborn more interesting. I was just going to say that. Yeah. We, we started off this podcast pretty nice about Battleborn and then just ragged on poor Paragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's actually very interesting because you're right. Battleborn is more interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It's got more identifiable characters you know and like yeah. it might it might hit the emotional marks the wrong way but it still hits the emotional marks brandon <laughs> when we started the battleborn conversation brandon did a very nice like here's the story of this world yeah here's here's the setup for here's context for this game what all we've had to say about paragon so far is well they showed that trailer with the character models in it yeah like that's it, weird it, well i mean it, it feels good. like the it trailer they good. showed i mean it's like this is a sport in an arena Right, like even in the context of the world, this is a sport that we play in this arena. And I think our I think our opinions we or this conversation would have gone a different route if it, if we all weren't like what's coming out when. Like I think that was like the, oh sure. I think that's kind of what triggered the whole thing was that like we we saw this Battleborn release date coming, so we've all kind of like made our peace with what we think of that game. Yeah, where that was like you're this summer. Oh, yeah. wow, I was not expecting that before E three. I thought for sure Crazy. you know like the whole other 10 characters were coming out or something who knows uh that was a nice little loop to go in we talked about i love that we talked about video games for so long we're way over time at this point so okay here we go we got to do a little bit of this love and respect so i've picked a question i think you all individually may have already answered this from time to time uh but you know we have a new audience we are Easy Allies now, and we've definitely not said this on the Easy Allies podcast. Also, this question requires no creativity, so I thought we could maybe answer it pretty quickly. Uh, hi, Allies. This might be too personal a question to ask, but I was wondering what drove you into games journalism in the first place. Uh, was there a singular moment that drove you, or was it a feeling that just started to grow as you got older? Keep up the amazing work. Love and respect, Quinn. Thanks, Quinn. Hi, everyone. If you've noticed an awkward edit here, it is because uh, I made a mistake and we ran out of space on the cards we were recording on. We finished the podcast. We was, were nearly done. It was real good. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> but, but frankly, it was too much for the camera to handle. Yeah. Uh, so we filled up our cards. Uh, it turns out we left... Uh, Right in the middle of Ben's story. So really quickly, we're going to go through everyone's stories again because they're all good about mm -hmm. how everyone got into games journalism. Uh, and uh, we'll wrap this episode up very quickly. If you ever wonder, hey, why doesn't he make these longer? It's because I fill up the cards. <laughs> these episodes can't be longer than a minute or an hour 15, I think, <laughs> is where it chops off. Okay, so let's get through these. Yeah. Ben, again? Yes. Please tell us again why you became, how you became a video games journalist. Yeah, so I... I uh, Loved video games always, but my parents were the kind of parents where they're like, you can play video games for like an hour and then you have to go outside. Like, they, they viewed video games as a waste of time. My, mo my mother actually said, those things are rotting your brain. Like, it, wow. she believed that. Um, and so I was a very bad student in high school and uh, wasn't doing anything, with, like, didn't care about homework, wasn't getting good grades. 
And then junior and senior year rolled around. I'm like, man, I, I have to, it was a wake up moment for me. I have to apply to colleges. I have to move on with my life. And so I started to take things more seriously. And I thought to myself, how could I take my life more seriously? I should do something serious. And so I'm like, well, I'll be a doctor. I love helping people. Um, this will validate me as a person. My parents will be into it. It'll all be good. Dr. Moore. Dr. Moore, yeah. I I would kill many people. Um, <laughs> by, <laughs> accident. by accident. By accident. I wouldn't be intentionally doing it. I would just I would just probably be terrible at that profession. But anyway, um, sophomore year of college rolls around. And do you ever have those moments in your life where you have this sinking feeling where you're like, I am probably not exactly where I should be. Every I, day. Yeah, it was one of those moments. And uh, college was one of the most magical times in my life because I had professors that understood and I felt I had professors that taught me new ways of thinking and I felt like actually wanted to listen to me and and uh, help me and, and so I had a talk with a professor and he's like you know it's it's okay if you go down these paths and you find out that the answer is no like you shouldn't try to cover that up or make excuses for that and I found out that I wasn't being a doctor for the right reasons I was being a doctor for other people I was being a doctor to justify myself and I don't have to justify myself and I embraced this, the one passion that I had was video games, and I, I started making videos, and the most embarrassing thing that I did, but it's something that I'm like still weirdly the most proud of, is I would go into the school library, and I would record a video game podcast, but it was just mm. me. It was just me in a room by myself talking about video games, and it's, it was horrendous to listen to, I'm sure. Where is it? I have it somewhere. I have it somewhere. <laughs> oh my yeah, god, Ben. That's yeah, so talking, cool. Like, I, I just Ben Moore... Talking like going through different segments, like okay, now we're going to talk about news. That's, that sounds like a milestone to me. I don't know. That sounds like a stretch goal. Here's the thing: is I love this. Everybody says like, how do I get in? I'm just like, do it. Just do yeah. something. Yeah, well, that's, and that that's is Ben was. just doing it. You were just doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's Kyle. That's oh my god. Like people ask that question all the time, and it sounds like a condescending answer, but it's yeah. totally not. Me going into that library room and talking about games and figuring out. This is what an RSS feed is. This is how you put this on iTunes. This is how you edit. This is how like, you talk about video games. This is how you talk about video games. Yeah. And you know what I did is I, I put it on uh, this forum, and this guy from London was like, hey, this is cool, but you should have a co-host. And I met up with him, and like we, we bantered back and forth, and it's just like... I just I just embraced it, and I spent my all my free time doing what I loved, and I got better at it, and eventually it worked out. That's the story. Sorry, yeah, that so, was longer than I'm the so first glad. time. I'm so glad we've all moved past that and we don't fill up cards in our cameras anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've, achieved, we've achieved peak professionalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's on me. I didn't, I'm throwing, throwing Colin in there. I don't, I ben has more podcast <laughs> practice than I do. Um, oh, ben, uh, I'm sorry. I do need a follow-up on what your mom thinks about video games today. Uh, my mom... My mom, I think, is in that... I don't want to throw my mom under the bus. Absolutely not. I think right, my mom is probably watching this, so just so you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I love my mother. My mother is, is like the kindest person ever. It's not that. It's just like I think she's in that position where she doesn't understand what I do. Yeah. Like she supports it, but she doesn't get it. And she's sad that I'm not home. Oh, right? sure, sure, sure. You know, like. I'm devastating my mom every day I'm not home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, and I can totally understand that. I think that's a, that's a reasonable thing to feel. And uh, so th I think that's where she's at. Um. But, like, you know, she'll ask questions about it, and I think that's, that's cool. Like, mothers have their own way of showing. Respect. So it's not active disapproval anymore? No, it's not active disapproval. Cool. It's just like, could you do this in Iowa? And then I'm like, no. And she's like, okay. You know, like, that kind of conversation <laughs> sure. happens. So. Uh, Jones, how would you get into games journalism? Uh, games journalism, specifically, I got in through video. I was always a video guy. And I think that was, like, one of my major 
things I was really poor at when we started reviewing games is that like I'm not the writing thing like not so good at that specifically for video games like not sure how to structure a, a review real actually when we first started doing reviews at gt we wanted them to be really small we're like let's do we do this in four minutes we're done and then we like wrote the first one i'm like no i want to keep talking about this this is great um but it was specifically video uh specifically i gotta give credit to ign because they were the first place i ever got downloadable 640 by 480 QuickTime videos of game footage uh, and it was because I was like a premium member of IGN, and so they had like the the HD at the time, which was six forty by four eighty, you know, four by three. Uh, it was footage of Resident Evil, the GameCube remake, and I, I remember just having that epiphany at work, being like, "Wait a minute, these are MOVs. I cut MIDI one hundred. I can just grab these, throw them into the editing software, throw some sound effects and music in there, and I can make." An advertisement for a game. I love and, that uh, you call back Media 100. Media 100. <laughs> wow. Media. I, I learned on Premiere, and then Media 100, and then Final Cut, and then now I'm back all, to I'm Premiere. Back to Premiere. Uh, sorry, what was your job at the time? You uh, said you I were was, at work. I was working for an animation company that helped uh, produce a lot of the graphics that uh, you first saw in the in the, the early uh, GT awards and reviews and stuff like that. That's cool. Before Shane came on, before we started, you know, yeah. really in earnest, banging out reviews a lot. Um, and then just became obsessed with cutting game footage, which is kind of like, like, wow, I, I have, like, think, think of what I can do. It's one thing, it was like machinima. It's like, it's like I was doing machinima, but didn't have the forethought to think of what machinima could be. But it was just this idea of like, man, if I was cutting a, somewhat, a reel, an acting reel for somebody, or I was cutting a movie, there'd be a really small well of footage that I could get. Whereas if like, I'm cutting video game footage, like if I didn't like that shot, I'll go get it again. You know, I'll go back and go back and jump that car again and get a cool shot. And really thinking, you know, like uh, GTA 3 was one of the first things that we cut a video for. And it was just like, wow, I got the whole city. This was my playground, you know. So like, do I want to try to get something or do I just want to play for two hours and see if something fun happened in there? And it was just so new and so fresh that, uh, yeah, the, the, the writing. Thank, thank goodness for good writers like you, Ben. Because like that was, you know, like bringing people into, you know. Having the production experience, the writing experience. Jones, but I just think it's the craziest thing because everyone else who was on IGN downloaded that trailer and just watched it. Right. You watched that trailer, those clips, and said, what can I do with this? That's fascinating to me. That's At really work. crazy. I probably should have been working. Sure. You know, but I yeah, was like, yeah, hey. exactly. <laughs> as long as I got this, this you know, I mean, open, I might as well just throw it in there. That's crazy, man. That's the... the... Fell in love with video editing. Yeah. yeah. Never look back. And now we got Jones. Uh, Daniel Bloodworth, how'd you get into games journalism? Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, probably I was writer first uh, believe it or not like I, I it started more or less with like nintendo power i was like i was very curious about games but i couldn't afford a lot of games so you know it's like okay we had a commodore 64 or whatever and then a couple of years later i convinced my mom to get me nintendo power and then maybe a year after that i actually got my own nintendo <laughs> before the, you had the nintendo power for a year before even getting a nintendo yeah Oh, so I did tease. the whole thing what where you tease. like trace through the games and all that and read oh, every I love that. Yeah. page and like I even like cataloged like what if I wanted to find a game like it's on this page of this issue and all this weird crazy stuff um, and then um, junior high I got into like I actually was trading games with some of my teachers cool. <laughs> and then got into like the school newspaper uh, and then high school I found out about this thing that uh, the local newspaper did I skipped high school newspaper altogether. I was like, yeah, forget that. And, and I went for this, this thing at a local paper and I was writing game articles there. So I was like, I, I did the game girl, gamer girl thing back in the nineties. Uh, I did uh, chrono trigger, Mario RPG, killer instinct gold, like a lot of, you know, different games that I was into as well as, you know, like just normal, like 
different people's pets and this my teacher's got an iguana and stuff like that um <laughs> my teacher has got an iguana yeah <laughs> in the local newspaper yeah all right uh, <laughs> and then like the next week it's like this is why chrono trigger is so great uh yeah it was, it was like a monthly section but yeah cool uh, and and again, my, my the editor at the newspaper, like we started trading games back and forth. You know, I like that's how I played Shadowrun. Cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so then in high school, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I was you know bouncing between um, like becoming an animator or going into radio or whatever. And and then um, uh, a few years later, after I had moved out here. And we uh, we were like gearing up, getting excited about like Nintendo's next system, which was eventually going to be the GameCube. We just knew it as the Dolphin at a time. And I started getting involved in different forums. Uh, and a while after that, um, people on the staff at Planet GameCube realized like you actually write pretty good forum posts. You want to like help out? And so I just helped out with like posting articles in the forums because they didn't have comment systems yet Yeah. at the time. It wasn't an automatic thing. But it was because you wrote good comments in a forum? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really, really crazy, dude. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then started, you know, they had me, like, just copying paste cheat codes. And then I, I started writing reviews. And they're like, oh, you're actually good at writing reviews, too. And, and just kind of worked my way up and started editing other people's reviews and all of that. And then... After doing that and going to E3s and interviewing people and all that stuff for like five years, um, at the same time, I was helping friends out on short films uh, and stuff with with my church and with their own independent projects. And one person just emailed me one day and was like, uh, and she worked she worked at G4 and she's like, hey, do you want a job? And so I worked at G4 for like two months with Jeremy Hoffman on Cheat and played through like all of Twilight Princess the week before that came out. And, Great, uh, cool. Yeah, did that feel cool? Did that feel like oh, I'm working on a TV show right now? Yeah. Although the first the first project I had, I was scared to death because it was like it's like some samurai warriors game, and I was terrible at it. And like my job is to tell people how to be good at this game, and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. The struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. So I was stressing out on that first project. But. Yeah, it's all funny games until you can't beat the game. Yeah, then it gets real. Uh, and I'm sorry, just I, I all I need is a leap to game trailers. Two months of cheat. Did she get canceled, or did you just got a sweet uh, game? I uh, basically like, can't. You know, like it just never got renewed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, so like after, yeah, I'd finished that that set of episodes, and then um, yeah, I had Jeremy Hoffman and my former boss at Planet GameCube, who were both recommending me to to Shane when I found the the job on Craigslist of all places. So you found game trailers on Craigslist. Yep. Wow. And it was like written to like specifically describe me. It was kind of crazy. What do you mean? It was like, have you been, you know, slaving away at like a fan site? And are you ready to like make the jump to full time? Something like that. Cool. You You ready for big time? (laughs) It's so funny to like think of Shane like writing that up too and like putting it on Craigslist. That's so crazy. All right. Thank you all for your great answers. It was even fun hearing them a second time. How'd you get in? Right. uh, Me. Jeff Keighley had a meeting. We need to make videos for the launch of the PlayStation 4, the announcement of the PlayStation 4. I raised my hand and said, I can do one. And then he let me do one. And I just popped into it. But but just like you said earlier, during my thing, you you did it. Like you, 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 you took raised that your chance. hand, like Kyle. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like some freak circumstance. Like you 
that first episode was amazing. Like you put so much work into that. You took that. Yeah, see, that's, that's the really thing, Kyle. Like, yeah. like, like I, like I produce a lot of bad things, and then those things slowly got better. And like your first episode was just like, fuck this guy. Yeah, we well, saw no. the thing he did with Rohan the summer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's did a thing with was that bad? Yeah. Oh, good. I got to track that one. Down. And uh, <laughs> definitely like college. You know, I made a lot oh. of really bad stuff in college. I'd, I'd like to see them, Kyle. It's Kyle. all over the place, man. <laughs> There's like this weird internet fascination with like digging up all of your old stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because I'm not sure. I personally would want that. <laughs> um, I will say, so like after that video went up, yeah, I did like a sweep of what I'm okay with being on the internet and what I should get rid of. Okay. I, so like what you see is pretty much what I'm okay with. Okay, okay. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I'd like some of that B-roll to put in the podcast. You know, the <laughs> stuff that I did in junior high was not good. Yeah, but you know, we all, we all did, you're right. It's basically about like being prepared for the moment you finally get the opportunity. Like it does take luck. It takes random dumb luck, but you got to be ready for that moment where you do get that dumb luck is basically yes. it. Well said. Do work. Uh, thank you so much, Quinn, for the question. And let's wrap this up very quickly. Man, we were supposed to do this for five minutes. We're already ten minutes in. Uh, everyone, time for bets. Last week's bet. Nope, we're doing this week's bet first. Battleborn releases next week. We already made fun of Battleborn a lot. Uh, how long into the game will we find our first swear word? Jones, your bet is... He lost his bet. Had it. I remember it. It was like a long one, right? You said I, I want to go what long. It is. Yeah, okay, what is it? Two forty-five. Two forty-five. Take his word for it. Somewhere. One thirty-five. Oh, I remember. Bloods is the funniest. Yeah. yeah. One second. One second. <laughs> one second. Minus thirty-one seconds. Let me lock those in. One second is the smart bet. Okay. Uh, last week we bet on Star Fox Zero. Uh, this is something we recorded right before this podcast. How long on the first level? Turns out it's Corneria again. Uh, if you just set the controller down, how long will we survive? We miraculously survived for one minute and fifty-six seconds. Uh, Jones, you bet twenty-five seconds. Ian bet forty-three. Brad bet one fifteen. I bet one forty-four. That's a winning bet from Mr. Kyle Bossman. Two weeks in a row. Uh, Jones, we got to do tallies now too. So uh, it'll be like. Red Eagles, three. Green Lizards, two. Yeah. Nice. We've just pulled into the lead again. Uh, what I do is I get the right and responsibility to uh, share my Twitter handle. get to promote any video I want on Easy Allies. I get to uh, correct anyone. I get the final word on anything, which I get such anxiety about, and then I get to do my trademark sign-off. Twitter handle is at Kyle Bossman. I need to, you know what? I need to take a breath. We got into speed mode, and this is a chilled out podcast. Right. Oh my gosh, that feels so much different, doesn't it? It does. Okay. Uh, at Kyle Bossman, if you want to find me on Twitter. Uh, the video I want to promote, same one as last week. Uh, episode 2, I, Jones, I'm really enjoying doing Brandon Plays Pokemon. Cool. And I think a lot of, I think maybe we should have titled it, maybe Blood was right the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm still seeing comments about like. I put a ton of like, thought into that title, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like. Brandon's a, Pokemon Adventure. It's basically like a podcast where we talk about. Yep. Brandon's first adventure through Pokemon. And I kind of want to keep doing this. Okay. I have an idea of like a way to make this a series. Oh, oh my. God. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> oh you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, oh check out Rip. Brandon Plays Pokemon. It's actually, even if you hate Pokemon, I think you might like this show. It's actually pretty fun. Uh, I'm sorry, not sure I if hate Pokemon. Corre and yeah. correction? Oh, last, last word. But I'm sorry, I interrupted Ben. Ben was about to say something about Pokemon. No, I just said rip. Like, anytime you, you like get ready for a bunch of yes you should make this a series sort of things that's all oh yeah you're right no yeah, yeah. that's every comment is that yeah, yeah do more videos everyone um oh boys i don't know i feel like so bad because last week i feel like i really forced an opinion and then it, like i just said something i'm not don't necessarily believe um i don't know scarlett johansson is like 
she's good. She's a good voice actor. And so I don't, you know, like, Jones, I feel like you can look past it. This happened last week. Yeah, look past it, man. She's she's a good actor. I, you know, you don't have to just, like, look at, like, I don't know. She's just, like, some Hollywood bimbo. She's not that. She works hard at what she does. And she's an actor. And sometimes a voice actor. And tomorrow is forever all ours. Okay, he's going down into the, the surface of this planet, Corneria. Game pads down. Go. Ian, go. go. Here we go. Timer started. Timer started. Here we go, Fox. You gotta live, buddy. Live, buddy. Here we go. Live, buddy. Oh, boy. Okay. That's ten seconds. Here we wow. go. That's just how much of the health bar is off. Come on, live, buddy. Oh, those were big hits. Twenty seconds. Okay. That was good for us. No hits. Oh, please. Saw blades. Mess them up. Saw blades. Nice. Run to the saw blades. That is 30 seconds. Okay, come on. Wow. Keep living. Come on, 43. Big 43. All these rocks. These are going to hurt hard. Oh, oh, nice. Oh. Okay, okay. And that is 40 seconds. Okay, keep going. And that's 43 come on, right no, there. I'm missing everything. This is good. Keep going. Oh, no, keep going, buddy. Oh, keep going, on. buddy. Get the gold ring. That'll be clutch. Oh, you got to get that gold ring. Yes. We got more health. We got more health because of the gold ring. That is one minute. Okay, keep going. I'm never going to win a bet. Keep going. Oh, this is ridiculous. What did you say? This wall might kill us. I think the wall is going to kill us. Oh, we got through the wall. Knocked over the tree. No damage. That is 1.15. Okay, keep going, Fox. Keep living, Fox! This is making me less excited about this game. <laughs> Keep this going, buddy! Yeah, this is an amateur game. Yeah. yeah, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. He dodged it. Good dodging. Keep going. Live. It's going to say level 130. Two. Guys, I think I officially won this bet. And you got 20 seconds to go. Don't get cocky. Okay. Ooh, that was a big hit. No big deal. 140. Oof. Stay in there, Fox. What do they make these R-wings out of? Holy cow. <laughs> Adamantium. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, hit it, hit it. Un Unobtainium. Oh, come on. 150. These guys learn to shoot. Keep going, Fox. And 153. Keep going, bud. 155. That's it. He gets death. <laughs> no. So I stopped it a second late, but I think it was 156. 156. Oh, man.